and uh, one thing they know for sure they do not they do not want to go back on the evangelistic field praise God but they have been with me these last 10 days I guess and we really have had a good time and I do love them appreciate them my boys and my good wife very 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 much it's it's not that often when we're away from home we get to all be together and I really do count it an honor <clears throat> well I do not know I've never learned just what it is that you are supposed to supposed to preach in various meetings um, the only thing I know it's as God gives us the ability to try and follow him and as much as lieth within us to to obey the Holy Ghost I really believe that God enjoys variety and I'll tell you how I know that I am looking across this congregation and he enjoys all of our various personalities that are submitted to him in subjection to him and worshipful of him he enjoys living in every body that lets him that will live accordingly Amen. to that gift which shows me he's just he's, he's such a, a God that enjoys variety you can look at the landscape of the earth the ocean and the mountains and the deserts amen Texas all the different phases of Texas you can see just about anything and everything just in this one state alone and so God is a God that enjoys variety I've learned this that all of us we do ourselves disservice if we do not simply say I've got to be me that's one thing's made brother Westberg what he is he is Leonard Westberg I've never met anybody he's really trying to copy yet, praise God. And uh, Brother Howard, Brother Tom Davis, Brother James Davis, we, we just have to be ourselves. And uh, this morning, about 5 a.m., I woke up and, uh, and uh, I was in prayer. I was not planning on preaching this. And, but I felt it laid on my heart. And Brother James Davis alluded to this a little bit this afternoon when he said there's one thing he has not yet heard preached on, I think, words to that effect. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I want to talk to us about in that regard. In the book of Luke chapter 11, I want to begin reading at verse 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him <clears throat> at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. 
Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And let's pray together and ask that God would help us tonight. God, we love us to do the will of your spirit tonight. God, anoint every heart, every man, every woman, anoint your servant. Let your great spirit come. God, you've got to do it. In Jesus' name. God bless you so very, very much. You may be seated. Thank you for your patience in standing with me so long I have read to you out of this 11th chapter of the gospel of Luke a relatively familiar portion of the word of the Lord if you've been in church very long and you've ever heard anything on the subject of prayer you have no doubt been directed to this portion of the word of the Lord I trust that that if you are a blood-bought born-again Christian which is the only kind there is that uh, in your readings you have read this and pondered it and applied it to your life Jesus was the master at teaching through parables so much so that it was prophesied in the Old Testament that that would be one of the main methods of teaching that he would use. He would speak unto them in parables. And uh, a parable is, is a very, very beautiful thing to behold. That is the reason that, that though you have been brought to this portion in other parables, amen, so many, many times, yet there are so many ways to look at them and to preach them and to deliver them and that is not uh, mistreating the word of the Lord God gave it on that wise the book of Ephesians chapter 3 talks about the manifold wisdom of God and uh, uh, one version puts it the multifaceted wisdom of God and I've, I've likened that sometimes to a, a fabulous gem that if you take it into the light and you begin to turn it you begin to see the various shades as it works as a, as a prism and uh, perhaps even as a kaleidoscope that seems endless in its, in its variation and so the parables are that way they deal in basic truths but it is not wise to to base a doctrine off of a parable you can enhance a doctrine with a gleaning from a parable but it is not wise to take a parable and begin to evolve a doctrine from it they were not given for that purpose amen there's a lot of ways to preach a parable but there is not many ways to preach Acts 238 hallelujah if you want doctrine there are verses specifically given for that purpose amen and all scripture is profitable the scripture says for doctrine but not all scripture amen can be used to base a doctrine on hallelujah 
and uh, some people get in trouble when they try to formulate doctrines off of parables because for one thing in order to start from point A then go to B, C, D, F, G, A and on and on and on in order to work your way through uh, uh, you, 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 can't, you can't go all the way from the beginning to the end with a parable. I'm going to explain what I'm talking about right here in this parable. Yeah. Jesus talks about a man that had a friend come at midnight. And so the friend that had a friend come, he went to another friend because he did not have bread wherewith to feed his visiting friend. So he visited his friend and he began to knock. And we know the story, but I'll rehearse it anyway. That as he knocked, the man within the house, he recognized the voice of his friend. He knew who he was. He had no odd against him. Uh, there was no unpaid debts. There was no animosity. Uh, uh, all seemed to be well, but the problem was his timing. Everything was good, but the timing. And uh, had he come uh, much earlier in the evening or come much later in the day, uh, then uh, there would have been absolutely never a ripple on the water. But the man's timing was not conducive. And so uh, he began to ask him and to, to, to please beg off. And, and he had his children in bed. And, and I've heard and we've all heard and read a lot about all that. But the but, uh, best thing we can tell is that, is that the door had something to do with the bed. Amen. And that in order to open the door, you had to arise the children and get them out of the way. They were kind of like a, a built-in burglar alarm system. And if you open that door uh, with him under there, you're going to pinch fingers and toes and bump heads. And, and, and there's nothing, there's no treat like, like waking up a child abruptly in the night like that. And, uh, and so he said, I've got my burglar alarm set. And I don't want to open the door. And yet the man, he, he said, come on, Jack, I'm your buddy. I'm your friend. And, and I know it's late. But understand, as he's dealing with the importunity, you cannot, I said, you cannot infer from that that getting a prayer answered from God is like squeezing blood out of a turnip. Amen. That is not the point. Yet suddenly if we're not careful, that, that, that thinking can come in on us. That in order to get something from God, you know, you've got to get like Jacob and wrestle him down. And squeeze it out of him. But before you use that analogy, please remember that Jacob wasn't wrestling with the angel. The scripture said the angel wrestled with Jacob. And he wasn't trying to get anything out of the angel. The angel was trying to get Jacob out of Jacob. And turn him into being a prince with God. He wanted to change his name. If there's any wrestling with us and God, you mark it down. It's God trying to get stuff out of us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Now that doesn't mean that I understand everything. That doesn't mean that I, that I, uh, I, 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 I know which buttons to push and what the sequences are in order to see every prayer answered pronto. I'm not saying that. But I am telling you, friend, that God neither slumbers nor sleeps. And you can never catch God at a bad time. He's not busy out on Orion doing something and say, I'll be there in a little while. He doesn't operate that way, praise God. 
So again, you cannot take a parable and run it through every nook and cranny and, and expect to formulate a doctrine. But they are absolutely powerful methods that the Lord used and the prophets of old used to portray magnificent truths. And parables are like it's, 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 it, he, he would tell a story of, of an everyday happening, a series of events that, that everybody could relate to. And, as they, and he's just talking to them and, and telling them a story. And they're thinking, yeah, I know that. And, and, while I, and while the Lord would give a parable, it would mean something to this man. And this man would relate it to it in his own way. And, and this man would be thinking about, yeah, I remember when I was a boy. And this was thinking, yeah, when I was a teenager. And everybody in their own way is relating to the story that he's telling. And when he got done, they didn't realize. It, but it was just like a little bomb in each every one of them. Tick, 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 Just ticking. Ticking, ticking, tick, 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 tick. Until all of a sudden it started to explode. Man. Oh, I understand now what he's talking about. That just hit me. Oh! Hence the power and the value and the beauty, amen, of parables and their manifold wisdom and now multifaceted ability to affect the hearts and lives of men. There are some things, some general principle truths that I'd like to bring out tonight if God will help me about these parables this parable please simply remember this the friend visited the friend that visited the friend and the need arose at a midnight hour so please whatever else you infer don't ever forget Midnight hours will come. Inopportune times happen. And he could have said 11 at night, which is still inopportune. He could have said at 2 in the morning, which is still very inopportune. But through scripture and in life, midnight hours speak more than just bad timing. It is a common phrase, and it was in ancient writings when we spoke of a midnight hour of somebody's life. That simply means a bad time in the many, many senses of the word bad. There are midnight hours that come. And secondly, there are needs in midnight hours that arise. And needs that cannot be met a man came to his friend at midnight he let him in there was no kids at the door but he didn't have any bread a need had arisen the bakery was not open it would do no good to go there the ovens were not hot the, 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 the dough had not been kneaded. The yeast had not been inserted. Nothing was ready. Nothing was prepared. There was no way for him to provide for the need 
and it was midnight it was beyond his ability it was beyond his scope it was beyond amen his 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 faculties and things around him amen to meet that need and it was a bad hour but please remember this he had a friend at midnight and that's what I want to talk to us about tonight I want to talk to us about a friend at midnight hallelujah it means something to have a friend at midnight praise God what do you say we lift our hands and love the Lord just a moment I love you God hallelujah 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 I love you my precious God hallelujah 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 I love you, Lord. Amen. The wisest of all, save our Lord, said there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There is a friend in our lives. And if you're here tonight and you've never yet met the dearest friend you will ever know in time and eternity. Amen. You need to meet your friend tonight. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There's a friend that knows us. And yet this friend loves us in spite of the fact that he knows us. Hallelujah. He knows, the Bible says, our down sittings and our uprisings. He knows our thoughts afar off. He knows the words that we speak before they get off the ends of our tongues. Amen. The very hairs on our head are numbered by this God that we serve. And there is not, amen, one sparrow that falls to the ground. And he knows about it. And he said, your life is of more value to me than many, many sparrows. Praise God. This friend loved us when we were unlovable. While we were yet enemies, he laid down his life for us. Praise God. He proved his friendship. Amen. The apostle Paul said scarcely sometimes for a good man somebody will die. But this man, this friend proved his love again. While we were yet enemies, he laid down his life for us. Thank God for a friend like that. And I'll tell you something else about this friend. You and I may have midnight times in our lives, but he never knows midnight. Amen. He never knows a good day from a bad day. He never knows a cloudy day from a sunny day. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. James 1.17 says in him there's neither variableness nor shadow of turning. He's like the noonday sun at 10 in the morning, 12 in the afternoon, 2 in the afternoon, 6 p.m., 8 p.m., 12 p.m., and midnight. He's the same. There is no shadow. There is no variableness of turning. He is just the same. Hallelujah. Malachi 3.6 he said I am the Lord and I change not. That's the kind of friend we've got. He doesn't get moody. He doesn't get up on the wrong side of the bed. Hallelujah. He doesn't have burglar alarm systems in place uh, whenever we come to pray saying no not now come back later. I'm glad we can have a friend at midnight. He never knows midnight, but you and I will have our midnights. 
We'll know them. We've seen them and we'll see them again. But thank God, thank God, thank God for a friend that we can have at midnight. I want to go back to something I was alluding to before. Go to the book of Matthew 4 and chapter 8. I want you all to read for me. Amen. Again, we have midnights. Our friend has no midnights. The purpose of this parable is not to say that you will ever catch God off guard. He knows the words that you speak before they get off the end of your tongue. You will never shock him with a prayer request. Now you may make him a little grieved or angry, but you're not going to shock him. You're not going to surprise him. He may think it a little bit foolish or whatever he may think. Amen. But you're not going to take him by surprise. He knows no midnights. He has no kids at the door. The purpose of this is that look, if a human friend will answer you when it's midnight and the kids are in bed, how much more so will your heavenly father give good things to them that ask him hallelujah which is just exactly what he went on to say somewhere we get it in our mind we can get a mentality and 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 we're all i'm going to tell you something we all have it self-included that somehow we have to talk god into doing stuff when if the truth were really understood he needs to do the talking to us he's ready he's looking for somebody that'll let him hallelujah now in the book of Matthew chapter 4 we're just going to do a real real quick run through on some things amen read verse 24 and his fame went throughout all Syria. His fame went throughout all Syria. Not just Israel, but Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people. They brought unto him all sick people. That were taken with diverse diseases. That were taken with diverse diseases. Torments. And torments. And those which were possessed with devils. And those that were possessed of devils. And they sat down with Jesus and talked to him for 40 days and 40 nights. Trying to convince him it'd be a nice thing to do for him to heal these people. No. no. Read what he did. The day they brought them to him. Read on. Lunatic, uh, the, they, which were lunatic, and those that had palsy, and he healed them. He did what? He healed them. He healed them. How many did he heal? He healed them. How long did they have to beat on the door to get him to open up? He healed them. They brought unto him a number of people with all manner of diseases, lunacy, problems, devils, and everything else. And he healed them all. Amen. Amen. Chapter 8. Same God. In him there is neither variableness nor shadow of turning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. He is the Lord and he does not change. Read verse 16. Amen. Chapter 
And when evening was come, when they, evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. Many that were possessed with devils. It's getting evening. The sun's about to set. They brought him to him. And he cast out the spirits with his word. And he healed all that were sick. That is the exact same God that is in this building tonight. He does not change. Titus 1 and 2 says he cannot lie. 119 verse 89 of Psalms says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not. No, it says it is forever. Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. Mark 13 31 says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. Woo! Chapter 9. Read verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities. He went about all the cities. Teaching in their synagogues. Teaching in their synagogues. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every sickness. Now I want to tell you something. In chapter 4, 24, he brought lunatics to him. Do you understand that a lunatic is somebody that's got a midnight hour in their life? Amen. And whoever found that lunatic had somebody come to him and he was unable out of his own ability to get him fixed. But he said, the oven's cold. The dough is unneeded. But I've got a friend for your midnight. And they took the lunatic and they took the devil possessed and they took the palsy and they took them that had all manner of disease. All of these people with all of these needs. Amen. And all of these midnight hours and he healed them all. You hear me? It means something to have a friend at midnight. Praise God. Amen. Chapter 9. Read verse 35. Did you already read it? No, I didn't yet. I didn't read it. All right, go to 12. Oh, I give you 12. 12, 15. Read it. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and a great multitude followed him. And a great multitude followed him. And he healed him. them all. He healed them all. Chapter 14. Read verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them, and he healed their sick. And he healed their sick. 19. Read verse 2. And great multitudes followed him, and he, and he healed them there. Chapter 21, read verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. They never caught him on his blind side. They never caught him on a bad day. They never caught him at an inopportune time. I'm here to tell you, whenever they brought him, in the morning, in the noon, when the sun was setting, in the night time, if you're in need, we've got a friend in midnight. Hallelujah. We're serving a God, a faithful God. Woo. I read this the other day. Now I'm going to tell you something about the word of the Lord. The Bible said, Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made which was made. And then in verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 
Paul told the Corinthian church, ye are our epistles, known and read of all men. This word, God granite, has got to become flesh. Somehow, God, help us to get it off the page, into the eyes, into the mind, into the heart, into the soul, into the spirit. It's not just there. It's here, and it's exhibited. It's displayed. This word must become flesh among us. Amen. That's why some verses, due to our various natures, come easy to some. And other verses, we have to fight for that verse. We got to take, well, I'll give you one for example. If they smite you on the one cheek, turn the other. That's harder for me to get that verse in than many other verses. You hear me? Man. But that word must become flesh. It's got to become flesh. It cannot stay on the pages of that book. It's got to get into my heart. It's got to get into my soul. It's got to get into my spirit. It's got to get into my mind. Hallelujah. It's got to be incorporated. And so all of these verses that we've read, somehow God caused them to go inside of us. Give us revelation. Give us understanding the kind of God, hallelujah, that we're dealing with. I'm going to tell you why. One of the crux verses in that entire book is this. According to your faith, so be it unto you. That's not written to be condemnation. That's not written to make you feel bad. It's a fact of life. God said, according to your faith, shall it be done unto you. He's not slapping aside the head. He's just stating a fact. It's according to your faith. So shall it be done unto you. Oh God. Oh God. Increase my faith. Let this word get inside of me. Let it change me. Let it mold me. Let it make me. Let it enlarge my heart. Expand my vision. Give me deeper understanding. Greater revelation. Hallelujah. Let it be put into practice. Hallelujah. Every aspect of this book. Hallelujah. From holiness. Acts 2 38. Salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. To healing. To miracles. Amen. To witnessing. To telling the proclaiming the glory of God. To being bold. To being humble. To being kind. To being loved. All of it, God, somewhere, get it inside and let it be exhibited. And when I find a verse that I'm not readily familiar with, and there's a lot of them, you can read them a hundred times before they reach out and grab you. I read this one the other day Isaiah 11, read verse 5. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. Read. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. Read. As the waters cover the sea. Read. And in that day there shall be a root of Jess, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. His rest. My Lord. Shall be. Yes, sir. Glorious. 
is I've read that a hundred times. Yeah. I got a mark. Rest. I'm going to tell you something. Mm. I don't care how many times you read it. And I don't care how many days you've possessed it. How many, how many church services you've been in. Dear God in heaven, don't ever let us lose sight of the fact the rest that he's given us is glorious. It's glorious. It's great. It's powerful. It's the most beautiful. Friend, if you're not careful, the mundane of life will rob you. If you're not careful, amen, the petty things of life will cheat you. If you're not careful, the problems of life, the snares of life, the snags of life, amen, the traffic lanes and the red lights and the stoplights and the policemen and the tickets and everything else, if you're not careful, it'll bleed something out of you somewhere. God, give us a revelation. This is glorious. This is beautiful. This is powerful. And it's not just meant to be good. Amen. 10 a.m. to 12 on Sunday morning and 6 o'clock on Sunday night and on Bible study. This is good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This is a seven-day-a-week proposition. It's good when the sun shines and it's good in the midnight hour. We've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Woo! He does not change. He is the same. Again, midnights will come and needs will arise. We will be as that man. He was caught up short. He did not have the wherewithal to meet the need that confronted him. We will meet our midnight hours. We will be faced with problems and situations. Amen. Where we lack in ability. We lack in spirit. We lack in finance. We may lack in physical strength and health. We may lack in know-how, knowledge, wisdom, understanding. God only knows. We may lack in education. We may lack a man in experience. Whenever we're called upon with a need. Now if you've got the ability to fix it, fix it. Amen. And don't worry about it. Amen. But oh God, what's going to happen? When the midnights, when the inopportune times, when the bad times come with needs that are beyond the scope of our abilities. It's not a question of if they are coming. It's not a question of us being able in every circumstance. The only question in all of this is where are we going to go? Where are we going to go when those times come and those needs arise this man in this parable 
had a friend at midnight. And he knew where he could go. Ain't no 7-Elevens around here. Bakery's closed. My, my oven's dead. Don't have any dough anyway. But I've got a friend. I have evermore got a friend. And I may be caught up short, but he is never caught up short. I may be lacking, but he is never lacking. I may not have the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, but he's got it all in unlimited supply. Hallelujah. It may not be a good time for me, but it's never a bad time for him. Hallelujah. God is extremely interested when our midnights come and the needs arise. Where are we going to go? To whom are we going to turn? Are we going to lean to our own understanding and our own arm of flesh and our own little ingenuities? Or are we going to learn the invaluable lesson? I've got a friend at midnight. There is one that sticks closer than a brother. He cannot lie. Praise God. And he will meet all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Hallelujah. My job is to knock. My job is to seek. My job is to ask. My job is to believe. My job is to take, amen, the situation to him. My job is to bring it to the altar. My job is to lift it up to the friend at midnight that is abundantly able to do above all. Woo. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We will not take him blindsided. In the book of Philippians, amen, chapter 4, read verse 6. Go to chapter 9. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Now, there's a whole lot of verses, a whole lot easier to read again than they are to apply that word careful literally translated in modern vernacular not amen 17th century King James English would be better rendered for our benefit anxious have anxiety be careful be anxious have anxiety for nothing. Mm -hmm. What causes anxiety? It's when we don't have the wherewithal. It's when we don't know what we're going to do. It's when we know we've been caught up short. It's when we don't have the knack. It's when we don't have the money. It's when we don't, it's when we just don't got it. And we start wringing our hands. Amen. Anxiety starts setting in. Amen. And I know I'm just, I'm just making simple, a big, broad, wide subject. Hallelujah. But he said right there, have anxiety for nothing. It doesn't matter if it's in the midnight hour. And it doesn't matter how big the need is. Be careful for nothing. Whoa. 
but in everything but in everything 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 and I'm gonna tell you something some things are easier to preach Right. I wasn't born yesterday. Yes. I remember, remember reading that several years ago. I read it for the umpteenth time. God knows how many times. Be anxious for nothing. I was evangelizing. And I said, bless your heart, that's it. I'm not going to be anxious for nothing. Evangelists that are here tonight, you can know. That was a big order. <laughs> I jumped in my truck. I pulled out with my 74 Dodge. I pulled out my trailer that looked like a white Goodyear blimp. <laughs> with a brown racing stripe down it. That, oh, I ain't going to tell you. I'd be embarrassed to tell you where that racing stripe come from. Anyway, I headed out. I was leaving Bellflower, California. I was on my way up to Reno, Nevada to preach a revival. I got 15 miles down the road. And for the umpteenth time, I thought I'd had it fixed. The truck started overheating. Bad. Now, I'm going to drag this out and make it long and horrible. Pulled over to Brother Phil White's. He helped me. We got it all fixed. <clears throat> yeah. But I'm thinking... Be anxious for nothing. We're pulling over the side of the road. My wife says, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> what do you mean nothing? Apparent truck trouble. Tried to get back on the road and almost had a major highway collision with a semi jackknife and trying to miss me and everything else. And I'm sitting there. Be anxious for nothing. <laughs> I pull up on the grapevine. You'd have to know what that is to even understand. It's just a bad spot in the highways in California. Bad hills, bad hills. It's overheating horribly, really bad. I start coming down one of those monster hills. I said to myself, self, let it cool off. Turn off the engine. <laughs> it didn't say be stupid for nothing. <laughs> I turned it off. We're going down the road. I forgot. Power brakes. Hey, this thing won't stop if my engine don't go. <laughs> I will turn it on. I will turn it on. Please, God, turn it on. It wouldn't turn on. And we're screaming. My oldest boy is in the truck with me. My wife and the other two boys are in the Volkswagen Rabbit behind me watching me go. <gasps> we're cranking up 85 miles an hour pulling a trailer down the grapevine the only thing that stopped me was we started finally going up a hill I pull over to the side of the road as God is my witness I keep thinking of this verse because I determined in Bellflower I will be anxious for nothing what are we going to do God will provide a truck pulls over this 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 big old uh, tow truck the guy jumps out Hey, hey, what's happening, man? <laughs> He's weaving all over. This is his words, I promise you. He said, I'm an angel of mercy coming up and down these roads to help people in trouble.
never know. Entertain him unawares, you know. So for a measly $85, he pulled me four miles. I'd be anxious for nothing. Had to sleep outside of a gas station the next morning. Guy checked out, said, your engine's blowed. <laughs> be anxious for nothing, brother evangelist. Finally figured out it wasn't that, thank God. Got it fixed. Oh, I can't. Oh, it's too long. It's, it goes on and on and on and on and on. Amen. 24 hours later, no sleep. None. Because if you turn off the truck, it still won't start. And I'm in Reno, Nevada. And, and oh, he goes, it's just stupid. It's, well, it's almost retarded. It's that bad. Anyway, you pull up to the church and it's got a, it's got a parking lot like this. So I get, I get blocks after blocks after blocks. I scour the neighborhood. I get blocks. This is at midnight. Truth. And I, and, I, and I get it up and I get it level. And I hook up the water. And I disconnect the truck. But I don't turn it off because I can't turn it back on. Because now the starter's out. And, uh, and, and so I got it all leveled up. Everything's set. Everything's ready. Kids are inside. Wife's inside. And I got the electric plug. It was on the other end of the parking lot where the other water deal was, where the other sewer deal was. I had to undo everything, everything. Pull it off the blocks, hook it back up, blah, 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 blah. And I'm laying down and the sun is up and I'm going to bed. Be anxious for nothing. It's, it's 7.30 in the morning. I have not slept for almost 36 hours. At 9.30. Praise the Lord, Brother Booker. We're glad you're here in Reno. It was evangelist. I mean, the pastor wanted to take me out for breakfast. Which is about the only meal I... Forget it, God. Get scratch that. Back that tape up, brother. Blank that off of there. Um... Brother, you really better work on that tape. Scratch the name out of something. Anyway, we'll move on. Be anxious. I've got a friend at midnight. He never gets caught up short. He's never caught on the blind side. I don't know how to incorporate this, but I'm going to tell you something. He's got something. He just wants to say His goodness, His mercy, His faithfulness. Hallelujah. He, he wants to walk with us and move with us and lead us and guide us and teach us and mold us and make us. Hallelujah. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. I know it's on the pages, but God, get it off the pages and into our hearts. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, read verse 8. And God is able to... And God, our friend that neither slumbers nor sleeps, and God is able... To make all grace abound toward you. To make 
all everybody say all all, all grace abound towards you amen read that ye always having that ye always everybody say always always having all sufficiency all sufficiency in all things in all things may abound to every good work brother read it again we didn't get it and God is able God is able to make all grace abound toward you all everybody say all 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 grace abound toward you that ye that ye always having all sufficiency always having all sufficiency, sufficiency may abound may abound to every good work to every good work he is saying if we have ears to hear amen it don't matter the time of day and it don't matter the need I'm a friend. I'm a friend at midnight. I'm a friend at the noonday sun. I'm a friend when all things are coming your way. And I'm a friend, amen, uh, when things, I'm a friend when you're abounding. And I'm a friend when you're abasing. I'm here to tell you, in all states, amen, you can know that our God is with us and loves us and will lead and help and guide and give us ability. Amen. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Booker, that's nice. But that's nice. But is that important? Hey, we're in 1995. We're in one of the weirdest, craziest societies the world has ever known. It's growing worse by the day. We're living in a world where the economies can come crashing down tomorrow. Hallelujah. We're living in a world where they've got governments. They've got bills stuck away in the desks of government leaders that if they ever get the right place and the right time, they're going to spring them, brother. And I'm not a paranoid. But I'm telling you, there are forces at work that cannot stand the likes of people like you and I. Woo! But you know what? We've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah! We've got a friend at midnight. Amen. That is able. Woo. Very quickly, I don't, I'm not going to go on any more side roads and get us. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. I read in the, I read in the book of Mark, the second chapter about about a man who was in the midnight hour. He was on a bed and he was palsied. And his friends that could not help him, his friends that could not heal him, his friends, it was beyond their ability. It was a midnight hour. And Jesus was in the midst of a house that was absolutely cram-packed full of people. And it was friends that were lacking in ability, lacking in wherewithal, amen, that said, we can't do it, but we know somebody that can. And they took him up to the top of the roof and they began to tear, amen, the tiles off of the roof and they made a hole in it. Amen. Now imagine Jesus is down below teaching. 
and all of a sudden stuff starts falling. And you know how that works. After a while, I don't care if it is the Lord Jesus, nobody's listening to him. Hey, come on, you're preaching. They're looking up there. That's right. And he probably was too. And the hole gets bigger. And the stuff keeps falling. And then the daylight is seen mightily. And then it's darkened again. And then it's light again. And they begin to make out. Well, there's something coming down by way of ropes. And I know they probably weren't saying it. But for the sake of us getting it, I can see them in my mind's eye letting down the ropes. Isn't it nice to have a friend at midnight? Isn't it neat when you can't do it yourself? You know somebody that can. Hallelujah. And that's why Jesus, and when Jesus saw their faith, I see their faith. They knew where to bring him. They knew where the source of the help was. They knew what time to bring him. Anytime. Woo! And we know the rest of the story. A Syrophoenician woman. Please understand. It's one thing to read about a Syrophoenician woman. But let's say her name, amen, was... Mary Lou? And Mary Lou had a daughter named Lulu. You have a daughter? You have a daughter? You don't even have a husband. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, you know we get it. We won't... We won't connect the dots. Do you have a daughter? All right. Let's say your name's Mary Lou. Raise your hand, Mary Lou. How many in this church know Mary Lou? This group's not from this church. <laughs> Are you from this church? Do you have a daughter? Mary Lou, raise your hand. <laughs> How many know this Mary Lou? You know this woman. You know her. And Lulu has got a devil. Raise your hand, Lulu. I'll just check it out. It's okay, sis. You'll be free before service is over. <laughs> and obviously she's not. That's right. But if he was, that's good singing. <laughs> but obviously she's not. But if she was, and you that know her, and know mama, Grievously vexed of the devil. 
You can't talk sense to a devil. That's right. You can't say, hey, come on, man. Quit slobbering. <laughs> Quit biting me. <laughs> hey, dummy, get out of the fire. Get out of the water. You can't talk sense to a devil. Very few humans. But... And, and what is this mother going to do? She's went everywhere. She's talked to everybody. Hey Amen. That girl has laid on the couch of many psychologists. And it don't work. She's not getting better. But the Syrophoenician woman, Mary Lou said, this is my midnight. And this is my need that's bigger than my abilities. But I done heard about you, Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. Get this now. She was not an Israelite. And the day of Pentecost had not yet come. And they were not in the dispensation, amen, where this thing was to all flesh. Amen. And when this woman came and said, I'm in a midnight hour and I've got a need and I can't do anything about it. He said, it's not me to give the children's bread to the dogs. And I must needs go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he kept on walking. And she kept on walking. You ain't brushing me off. I'm here to tell you. Hey, hey, Lord, she's still behind you. Yeah, I had a feeling she was. Hey, you ain't brushing me off. Even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. I know how great you are. I know how powerful you are. All I need is a crumb. I don't need the whole payload. Just give me a crumb. Well, she's got a few devils. Woo! It's beyond my ability. But you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. It means something to have a friend at midnight. Second Chronicles chapter 16. I ain't gonna drag this out. But in Second Chronicles 16, there was a king, a mighty king, by the name of Asa, who had done so well. He knew, he had learned, he'd done it. We read of it midnight hours needs that were beyond him prophets would prophesy he'd act upon the word of the Lord and God would bring the victory where you go at midnight and what you do with your need is everything verse 1 and in the 6th and 30th year of the reign of Asa Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah. Here came Basha, the king of Israel. Built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out. And he was building up, amen, holding places to keep people from going in and out of Judah. Come in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa brought out the silver and gold. So Asa, in a midnight hour, 
with a need beyond his ability. He went and what did he do? Brought out the silver and the gold. He got the silver and he got the gold. The treasures of the house of the Lord. He got the treasures of the house of the Lord. And of the king's house. And of the king's house. He got the treasures of the house of the Lord. And the treasures of the king's house. Read. Sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria. And he sent the treasures of the house of the Lord to Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria. And I'm just going to give you a very quick lesson right here. Egypt is, all, is a nation that's a type of sin. Assyria, Assyria is a nation that is always a type of oppression, demonic, devilish. I ain't got time to go into it, but it's true, at least to me. And Syria is always a type of the flesh. And every time that a king got weak in faith, where did they go? Syria. And so he's taking the treasures of the house of the Lord. He's not in his midnight hour with his monumental need gone back to God who had given him previous victories. He is now taking the treasures of the house of the Lord and he's taking them to Syria. Read. Dwell to Damascus saying. Yeah, go ahead. Or go to verse 7. And at that time, Hananiah, and at that time, Hananiah the seer came to Asa. Hananiah the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria. Because in your midnight hour, with a need beyond your ability, you went to the king of Syria. You didn't come to a friend. At midnight, you went to the king of Syria. Read. And relied not on the Lord thy God. You did not rely on the Lord your God. Therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thy hand. The flesh done escaped out of your hand. I'm going to tell you something. You know what is crippling us? Yeah, go ahead. And I'm going to tell you something. You hear me. It ain't just UPC. That's right. It ain't just independence. It ain't just ACI. It's the whole kit and caboodle of God's people. I'm going to tell you something that is absolutely killing us. And especially as it seems, and I know my, my experience is limited. In America, we've got so much to rely on. So many things we turn to so fast, so quick. We're at best, at best, robbing ourselves and cheating ourselves from experience after a glorious experience, after beautiful experience with our great God proving himself, showing himself. Amen. You're right. You're right. Amen. And at worst, we're striking bargains and making deals in midnight hours and extremist circumstances, amen. We're hooking up with carnal thinking and reasoning. 
thinking in my extreme, I will do this, I will do that. Oh, no, 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 no. Relying on almost anything and everything but the pure, unadulterated power of God. I'm telling you. Please understand. I'm, I'm, I don't believe in getting tacky. I thought this choir was beautiful. And I'm, I'm not just someone who goes around kicking something just to have something to kick. It was a beautiful choir. You did great. I loved your spirit. If we're not careful, though, we've seen it on this wise. We're all aware of it. And the friend, you got to get that choir cranking. And maybe about the 32nd, 37th refrain. We'll, we'll press, press, and, and some people call it breaking through. I'm not sure what you call it. Maybe it is breaking through, and maybe it isn't. I'll tell you, the best time to break through is before service in the prayer room. You want to talk about a good time to break through? Hallelujah. You want to know a good time to cinch it up in the spirit, honey. It's not to come stumbling in here. It, it's, it's before this thing ever starts. God, oh God, my God, we got to have you. We need you. It's too big for us. We're not able within ourselves. But oh God, if you'll smile on our singing, if you'll bless our worship, if you'll smile on the service, if you help the preaching, you got to be there. We're every day, every hour in the midnight hour in a very real sense of the word. We've got to have him. We've got to have him. We lean way too much on anything and everything but his presence, his presence, his glory, his power, his might, his majesty. Any kid one week out of Bible school, if you believe in such a thing, can get up, amen, and get everybody under condemnation. That's not my point. My point is, God, we're leaning, leaning, leaning on everything but the everlasting arm. We got to, I almost feel like sometimes the Lord stands at the back door with his arms folded and watches our services. Verse 7, keep reading. We're not the Ethiopians. Hey, boy, I'm going to ask you something. You took the treasures of the house of the Lord, and we're giving up treasures. That's exactly right. Treasures. Giving up treasures in faith. Treasures in experiences. Treasures in testimony. Treasures in things we could tell our kids and our kids' kids of what God did. I'm the old carpenter that's swinging away the hammer. I'm about to bust my thumb wide open. When I was pastoring in Miami, Oklahoma, and we had 30 people, and my oldest boy has told me, Dad, my earliest memories are watching you lay on the floor of that church night after night, weeping and sobbing, frustrated at every turn, 
Oh, I'm, I ain't going to get into all of it. But my Lord, I got a Harvard education at a free university right there. I wouldn't take a million dollars for those experiences, but I wouldn't take another million to go through them again. Amen. But I will tell you this. When there was no money, no hope, no help anywhere but God. Our church payments was $65.75 a month. And we barely made it every month. But I'll tell you one thing. I saw miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. I saw the dead. You hear me? And I ain't exaggerating. This is not evangelistically speaking. I saw it with my own eyes in front of my face. A dead man been dead for a half hour. Come back to life. Amen. A girl that had had surgery that she could not have children. The Lord spoke in gifts of the Spirit and said, you will have a child. And she did have a child one year later. And the doctor said, the surgery hadn't been tampered with. He said, I don't know how you had that kid. And that wasn't no hooey-balooey, friend. It happened. Amen. And I could go on and on and on. Things we saw. Miracles that took place. My spirit stirred. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. What are we doing in our midnight hours? What are we doing with the needs that face us? Are we becoming geared? Are we becoming uh, acclimated to, to just automatically going in certain directions and, and on and on and on? Oh God, great God, teach us, lead us, guide us, mold us, make us, start it all over again. New in your people, God, a revelation, a realization. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You have not changed. In you there is neither variableness nor shadow of turning. He's still waiting in the wings just like he was the night you got the Holy Ghost. And pray tell why and how did you get the Holy Ghost? You realize I gotta have it. I gotta have it. There is nowhere else to go. And you turn to him. Read verse 12. And Asa the 30th and 9th year of his reign was diseased in his feet. He was diseased in his feet. Until his disease was exceedingly great. Till it was exceedingly great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord. I still ain't going to seek to you God. Read verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run. Everybody listen up. For the eyes of the Lord read run to and fro run to and fro throughout the whole earth throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him of them whose heart is perfect towards him Musicians, could you come? I love you, Jesus. 
got a lot of verses left, but it is not the thing to do. Let's stand. I love you, Jesus. Oh, God, I love you. I love you, Lord. I read here several years ago, and my memory serves me right. I may have told this to the church here. Back in 1973, 73, they were putting up satellites into space, information gathering, transmitting satellites that had power packs built within them that would only run for a certain duration of time. Their time frame was limited. And because you can't run an extension cord to a satellite, it would have to relay its information with a bare minimum of power to the point that by the time those transmissions reached the earth, it was one millionth of one millionth of one watt of power to get that information to earth. That's bare minimum of effort. How did America ever pick up the messages, the signals? They had receivers here on earth that were unbelievably strong. Since then, I've read they have one in the Mojave Desert, not far from Edwards Air Force Base by where I live, a couple hundred miles from where I live. They can pick up messages from satellites in outer space that by the time they reach the earth the wattage they're receiving is one four hundred billionth of one watt of power but this receiver brother Davis is bigger than a football field and, it, and, it's, and it's, it's shaped kind of like a banana. But it's big. And a message out in outer space, way, way, way out there. One four hundred billionth of one watt of power. And they can pick it up. And then I read this year that in Alaska, they've got a receiver that is one square mile. And this one receiver not just can, it does literally pick up every single radio station on the face of the earth. No matter how small. And America in their intelligence operations 
is is monitoring every single radio broadcast in the earth at one time with this one square mile receiver. Now man, that's a powerful receiver. Brothers and sisters, please listen to me. There's over 5.5 billion people on the face of the earth. You say, Brother Booker, in my midnight hour, when the needs face me, what is my voice among so many? What is my little need compared to all in the earth? What's my one minuscule? How loud do I have to yell to get God to hear me? Listen to me tonight. The power, brothers and sisters, is not in our humanity, in these little transmitters. But you find a place to pray and you lift your voice and one little old you hear me he's done picked it up he's done got it he's received it if I can use the terminology we can relate to it's run through the computer in a millisecond he's got it digested totally understood I don't understand all and everything and this and that, but I do know this. He said, you got a friend at midnight. You got a friend at midnight. You got a friend at midnight. He that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. He that knocketh, it shall be opened unto you. I'm just one little old transmitter. But God, hear my voice. But God, hear my prayer. But God, see my need. You hear me? All he's looking for is for you to come to the right house. To talk to the right friend. In your midnight hour. Woo. Be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication. Make your request known unto God. There's people here tonight you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's people here tonight you need healing. There's people here tonight, amen, you need, you need, a, you need a financial miracle. Amen. You don't have to be a prophet to say that. Village idiot can figure that out. Hallelujah. There's people here, you've got all kinds of needs. You've got domestic needs. You've got family needs. You hear me? You've got needs on the job. Needs in the home. Needs in the heart. Needs in the mind. Needs in the spirit. Needs in the body. Needs in the pocketbook. You've got needs, 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 needs. But you've got a friend in your midnight hour. Woo! Hallelujah. I don't know what you're supposed to preach at these kind of meetings. I'm just pouring my heart out to you. Maybe to myself. But if you're here tonight and there's something inside of you that's saying, hey, I believe my God's able. I believe my God's big enough. I believe my God can do it. 
Hallelujah. And I promise you, I'm about to shut up, but you hear me this one last thing. There was a man fighting a battle. And the sun was going down. And they were beating the Amalekites, but the sun was going down. And God, I said, God wanted his people to have the victory. And God, who never changes, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wants you to have the victory. And this one little transmitter looked up into the heavens, and his name was Joshua. And he said, Son, stand still. And God heard it. And he put the brakes on the whole universe. And said, brakes will be applied until the victories are won. And I know the scripture says, never did God hearken to the voice of a man as he did to Joshua that day. But you hear me, he is still hearkening to the voice of men. He's still hearing prayer. He's still meeting needs. Why? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change. He cannot change. And he's no respecter of persons. According to our faith, so be it unto us. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight, and it's a midnight or a noonday, but you've got a need. You've got a friend right now. And I'm asking you, step on out where you are. Won't you bring it on down here and lift it up to God. Give it to God. Let God begin to go to work on your needs right now. now I'm going to tell you something. If I have to beg, you missed the whole point. You hear me? If I have to beg, you missed the whole point. But if you got a revelation, I got a need, and he is the answer, then friend, it's for you tonight. Hallelujah. The Lord's here, the Lord's here, the Lord's here. He's here to help you. He's here to minister to you. He's here to talk to you. He's here to meet your need tonight. Bring it all to God.